This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680-CJOB. We definitely have to clean it up because we, we're not going to win a game when you double the other team's penalties. And we earn most of them. You know, some of them I'm not so sure about, but we earn most of them. And the one that Pete got, from what I was told upstairs, was, was you know, he earned that one too. And we don't want to do that. And probably, I don't know what we get fined for that or not, but I didn't see it. I was going to ask you if you didn't see it, you probably wouldn't know, but I, I don't think there's a I don't know. I doubt it. I don't think it's that bad. Well, it's a situation where did did Craig Dickinson see it? Did he not see it? I don't think he has a reason to lie in a situation like that. Maybe he purposely didn't see it. Um, but it was 100% a suspendable play. Pete Robertson should have been tossed out of the game. Uh, Jim, I'm, I'm glad I had a few days to calm down because <laughs> I was thinking, man, if Jim's – well, I knew he was wa- you were watching. But I was saying to myself, I'm like, man – Jim probably thinks I'm freaking losing my mind here, <laughs> and you would be right. I was, I was upset when. Well, let uh, me say Pete, this: Pete Robertson headbutts. If you're just joining us and you missed what happened on 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 Sunday at the Labor Day Classic uh, uh, near the goal line, um, it was uh, it, the the play had gone to third down. Uh, Pete Robertson, defensive lineman for uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, at the end of a play, after making a play, decided he was going to go and flex up on um, on Zach Caleros and literally headbutted him. Let me say this. Okay. I, I normally do when there's a Jets thing or Bombers thing. Yes. In my head, Cam's probably going crazy <laughs> right now, losing his mind. Yes. I lost my mind. Yeah. And this doesn't come from the Bombers, the Riders. This would come if I was watching the 49ers and Seahawks. This comes from if I was watching the U of M Bisons or U of C versus the U of A Golden Bears. You can't do that. And what I'm, I'm appalled at is how he got to keep playing. Yeah. And if you didn't throw a flag when the play happened and then you flew through a flag after, I don't understand how he's allowed to stay in the game. And if you get a game suspension from a play in the game, I don't know how you get to keep playing the game in which you took the game suspension from. Yeah, yeah. And I got so I'm fired up too. Like it should have been tossed. It's it's as simple as that. And I got I'm going to get a lot of feedback. We are throughout this whole week because we cover the Bombers and we live in Winnipeg. That's not what this is about. You cannot turn and headbutt any player, quarterback or not, like that, and get to keep playing in that game. You know, Jim, you know I'm a Bomber fan. I don't hide it. I don't try to pretend like I'm not a Bomber fan. I I, I just don't. If a Bomber player did that, I would feel the exact same exact way about same. it. I have no doubt. Anyways, Derek Taylor's joining us, play-by-play voice, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. DT, how you doing? <laughs> Good. I've I've not enjoyed. I had to tune out from all of the online discussion <laughs> of, of the Pete Robertson thing because there's the – I've seen everything in the spectrum from – it was totally fine. Oh, to come on. Take it take him out back and 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 beat him up. Like <laughs> throw him out of the game and beat him up. And it's it's just it's ridiculous. And you know, uh, to what you guys say on the broadcast, I think we try to be incredibly fair. When Cam Lawson hit his head making a tackle, yeah. we're like, yeah, that's a penalty. It was. Nothing we can do about that. That's a penalty. Yeah. We try to be fair. You you cannot many seconds after a play is over headbutt a player in the face you you can't do it in any sport 
my fandom does not uh, go so far as to say, yeah, yeah, there's extenuating circumstances. And because Jackson Jeffcoat did something to Brandon Bridge in 2018 or because Mike O'Shea did something in 2004, I, I, I can't go there. There's, there's, the spectrum has been incredible on defending or wanting punishment on this play. Yeah, Derek, is 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 that the type of play where I think there was a, a rule change over the last little bit on what was ejectable and what wasn't? You'd know this better than me. Is that is that a play that is considered uh, ejectable in the CFL, or is there sort of a gray area about that? And that's why I was able oh. to stay in. No, you could have. If you thought that play was bad enough, you could give them a 25-yard penalty and eject Pete Robertson in that moment. Yeah. Um, what I, I As you guys were talking, I just thought, I need to cue this back up and, and see it again to find out when that flag came out because our perception at the time was it came out late enough that it felt like it was done by the not the, not the crew on the field. Yes. But I don't know yeah. that that's, that's yeah, how I that's felt true. too. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, yeah, there was so, a long time there wasn't a flag at all. Yeah, that's that's what I sort of remember it too. And you go, okay, well, if it was done by review, then I I understand why it wasn't a twenty five yard penalty and an ejection because that would be the CFL would have to answer some questions, and they already have to, but they'd have to answer questions of your officials on the field didn't call it, and Toronto thought it was an ejection. Of, brings into the question of does review support the officials on the field or are they there to get it right? Yeah. Right, there's. That's There's always good. going to be that. It's it's terrible though. There there is zero way you can defend that being a play. Uh, there's there's zero. There's nothing you can say. Well, Adam Big Hill on short yardage jumps over and spears guys. That's not a defense for anything. No. And I don't believe there, that. To and be that's true. the problem I hate about this discussion. And I'm with you. Like to me, it's it's funny because the debate rages on social media, and and I know that there's going to be biases and all this stuff. To me, I just logged off as well because it's not even debatable. It, you can't do that. It doesn't matter who the guy is, who he plays for, or what teams you cheer for. That is an unacceptable play. The debate to to debate me that well, it's fifteen yards and that's it. Gong show ridiculous. Yes, because if that's just fifteen yards and not an ejection, if I'm defending the red zone, go ahead, but the quarterback get the backup in here for me. I'll take the yards. Yeah, I'll take well, give him the ball. Like it's just. It's not part of football. It's not taught, and it needs to get rid of. And the CFL does has to answer for this, how this play wasn't. And you would know better than I did do DT, but the fact that they suspended a guy for anything less than 24 hours after it happened speaks to how they feel about it and, and should have been called. Well, and, and that's or ejected, sort of I should say. Yeah, the disconnect, right? He gets to play in the rest of this game, but it's bad enough that we suspend him for the next game. And oh, by the way, they they did, returned that on Labor Day when the office isn't open because there's two other games going on. Yeah. They reviewed it and did everything they could uh, to to get that punishment out there as fast as possible. They went, this is bad. And mm. it's bad. We protect quarterbacks in football. The CFL does it. The NFL does it. And and we talked about this in the postgame show. If you're going to be serious about protecting quarterbacks and head injuries, you need to show it every week. And I brought up week one last year, Bombers are on a, on a drive where they're hoping to win the game against Ottawa. Kalaris takes a shot. They think he might have suffered a head injury. The spotter pulled him out of the game. They did it to Trevor Harris in Montreal a few weeks later. I went, okay, on those two examples, you are serious about head injuries. Mm-hmm. A one-game suspension think you are somehow you are some to some degree serious is it enough of a suspension 
we can have that debate. We just can't have the debates of it was nothing or he should be kicked out of the league forever. Yeah, we can't, I, to me, you can't have those debates. Yeah, no, I, I I think it was two games. That's my personal opinion. I think it should have been two games. I think but, it was two games, too. Yeah, and, and for the people yeah. who said, like, uh, Simone Lawrence on Calaris, I said the exact same thing. A, a couple of years ago when Andrew Harris ripped off the Riders' helmet during a game, I that's an ejection. How Harris got to stay in the game, I don't know. But that DT is what he, speaks to what Zach Calaris is saying. And, and everybody yeah. thinks it's because Zach Claris gets hit in the head all the time. I don't think it's that's a major part of it. But to me, what I hear Zach Claris saying is, look at all these incidents that are being shown and coming out of this one. And none of those guys got kicked out of a game. Yeah, and that's and, a problem in the Canadian Football League, and, Derek, and that's why this continues. Yeah, yeah and Derek, he, he was so upset during the post game show, um, and rightfully so. He's yeah. Zach is never that terse no. in a post game show. Even after the Ottawa loss, he was he he had much more to say uh, than that. The the one thing when we talk about the length of the suspension, Pete Robertson doesn't really have a history of this. I don't know of him ever getting. Uh, he's never been suspended before. I I'd have to dig into my archives to find out if he's been fined. But his, he, I read his explanation after. I didn't hear it, but I read it, and I thought, okay, this guy regrets it. He got caught up in the heat of the moment, and he probably, he probably didn't mean to. Didn't go. I'm going to go headbutt the quarterback in the head. Mm-hmm. But he, there's. I was talking about this with uh, Mackling on the Blue Bomber podcast. Available soon this week. Um, <laughs> soccer Download does it, it wherever you find your podcast. Exactly. Uh, soccer does it with careless reckless and dangerous mm. and that's how they kind of outline the difference between penalty is that was this one careless it was more than careless was it reckless yeah it's probably there was it dangerous well dangerous it, to me is kind of i dove to try to take a guy's knees out or i very intentionally cracked him in the skull when he was running full speed so to me this was reckless mm. it, it's it didn't need to be done. Uh, there was no reason for it to be done. There was The play was long stopped. And I think Doug Brown made a great point this morning on the start when he said, there's, there's a time after the play where your body relaxes and you're no longer ready for contact. Yeah. You're ready for contact till the whistle and a, and a beat afterward, but you're relaxed in the play because the play's over. We're going back to the huddle. Kolaris was very clearly re- re- relaxed. And people who are accusing him of diving, just go away with that oh, too. Oh, come on. Because a grown man hits you in the face and you're not ready for it, you're going down. Like you're going to go to the ground. Yeah. Um, there's there's just so much here, total nonsense and distracting from the actual issue of take these and analyze them in the moment. Was it as bad as when Simone Lawrence cracked Kalaris in the face in the first game of 2019? Absolutely not. That was a vicious hit to the head. But was is it as bad as? Jackson Jeffcoat when he cranks Brandon Bridge in the skull in 2018, it probably it probably hurt less, but that was at least in the play of the game. This was two seconds after, three seconds after the play was over. Is this this stuff? Football is better if this stuff isn't in the game. Guys play hard, but that's just that's after the play nonsense. Twenty seconds, Jim. Yeah, that being said, we only have twenty seconds to you, but I do want to emphasize this too because the call of being a homer and all this when we discuss this is the fact that what it took away from is Saskatchewan earned that win. And we're not talking about yeah, the, like they no. played better than the Bombers and earned the win, in they my did. opinion. You know, it was a heck of a football game. It was a really, really good football game. 
Yeah, and there, I mean, on the other side, there's there's some issues from the Bombers that it will cover up of, mm, Dalton Schoen had some tough drops in this one, and they couldn't unlock Kenny Lawler, and, 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 um, and decisions that Coach O'Shea had made that we'll talk about in the coaches' show tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those get swept under the rug. Special teams. This, yeah, this, well, there's a huge one. Yeah, that's a big uh, one. This enormous thing happened, and, I mean, at least the CFL took it seriously in that they judged it quickly, put the suspension out there, and we'll see if uh, Robertson Robertson probably should appeal it because this game is more important, I think, to the Riders than than him playing next week against the Elks. So we'll see if he does appeal it. I haven't heard anything on that yet. No, haven't either as well. Derek Taylor, a play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He's going to be back here on the airwaves with head coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Mike O'Shea. That is must-listen-to radio at 7 o'clock right here on 680 CJOB. Do not miss the coaches show uh today of course with the banjo bowl coming up on saturday dt thanks so much you take care okay thanks guys all right let's take a break let's come back on the other side of sports uh we'll take a look at this hey there's a a, a, an apparent player on a team that probably is not going to be very good this year uh is going to be looking to sign a bridge deal still without a contract as an rfa and we got lots of text messages we're going to go through those and give you guys a voice uh when we come back as well the winnipeg blue bombers fall uh, to the riders at the Labor Day Classic in overtime, and we look ahead to the Banjo Bowl on Saturday. Be right back. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, according to Elliot Friedman with Sportsnet, uh, Trevor Zegers is going to be looking to sign a bridge deal with the Anaheim Ducks. It will not be long term. Uh, last year, uh, Zegers uh, played 81, uh, had 81 games played, 23 goals, 42 assists. 65 points. I mean, where do you ballpark that? Probably about three, 3.2, 2.8 between three, yeah, three, three and a half is, is normal bridge deal. Like we've seen Josh Morrissey sign or Bouchard in Edmonton, but I don't think this is good sign for the Anaheim ducks. I think this is a guy who's going to see where they're at before he signs long-term 100% the ducks have money. They have 16 million in cap space. He doesn't want to sign. I think, well, I think he will. And I don't think he has a, I don't know, but I, it doesn't sound, if he's signing a bridge deal, it doesn't sound like he has a problem with Anaheim. What he does have a problem with is I don't want to be John Gibson. I don't want to sign eight years here and then never have a chance to win. Your reaction to the Labor Day Classic, looking ahead to the Banjo Bowl and also the hit on Zach Claris from Pete Robertson. We'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the show, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Welcome back to Jeff Bronner. Hey, boys. Yeah. Glad to be here. You, you, know, to have him back. you know when things are ridiculous, when an incenses Jeff Braun, mm-hmm. who enjoys his weekend, and that headbutt incensed a nice, quiet, relaxing weekend oh, for the I saw Come him. On now. I saw him on X, formerly known as Twitter, right afterward. <laughs> yeah. I, ne- I, n- I never, I never tweet ever, hardly I, ever. I felt like Bernard. And I, went and I had to tweet because I was that. I felt like Bernard in sad. old school when he was getting mad at Frank the Tank for swearing in front of his child. I looked at X or Twitter, or whatever it is. I saw Jeff Braun's tweet and I said, "And now Bronner's upset." <laughs> well, come on, that now was Jeff's earmuffs. Upset. Earmuffs. Earmuffs. That was uncalled for. What happened in the scenario? It, there? it was and, totally and unnecessary. I know that Asinine. it has people fired up, and I get it. But for every Ryder fan who's defending it with other hits or other this or other that, there's a difference between making a tackle 
and hitting a quarterback helmet to helmet, that is a penalty. Yes. No one's defending the Jeff Code or anything else. No. Helmet to helmet contact, well, in the in the heat of the moment, trying to make a tackle is still a penalty and and should be called. Turning around and headbutting a guy five seconds after the whistle's gone is an ejection. I don't I can't um, believe some people want to debate this. It, this is so simple. This is so simple. If you think whatever you want to think, oh, it was a dive, oh, it wasn't ejectable, oh, it's not suspension worthy, just put yourself in 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 a situation where that happens to let's just say you're a rider fan, okay? For 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 just argument's sake. And that happens to Jake Goligala in that game. And Jackson Jeffcoat goes three or four seconds after the play is done, the whistle's blown, and goes and headbutts Goligala. How do you feel about what happened there? Also, it, is, it is indefensible. It, it is indefensible. The quarterback. I mean, if it was the guy, like if you were an O lineman and you do it to a D lineman, the guy that you've been battling the whole game and who's been clutching and grabbing at you for it's 45 still an minutes. Injection. It's yeah, it still is, but you can sort of in your head see how you get to that, yeah, right? You get totally. mad at the guy that's been grabbing at your your legs yes. or something. But no, to do it to the quarterback who's just standing there, it's like it blows All my mind. All you have to do is look at Mika Johnson's reaction. What the are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Yeah, exactly. And this is a guy who's Michael Johnson plays tough, man. He plays tough. So my this is why I hate saying, well, if this was a Saskatchewan quarterback, if this was this and the roles were I hate all that talk. Name whoever yeah, you want to name. Some people and take have to hear it like out that. Of it. No, some people have to hear it like guy, that. If you j- this is ridiculous to even go, well, if it was your quarterback, your quarterback. Just erase the names and the teams. If you turn around and headbutt a guy on purpose intentionally, you're gone. Well, Jim, but some get out of the game. Some people have to hear it like that. I don't they even do. like high fiving with guys that do it too hard. I mean, come on, and that's hands. <laughs> yeah, I actually agree with you on that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just this is my biggest disappointment is the people that go. I mean, like people keep showing me the Andrew Harris of the badgeable okay. ripping the helmet off. And I said, if you heard me at the time, which everybody's, did you do this? Did you do that? Well, clearly you didn't. So stop beaking about it. But if you did, I said he shouldn't have been allowed to stay in the game. You can't rip a guy's helmet off in a game and stay in it either. Yeah. There was a rule change after it that. It has too, nothing well. to do with the teams and the players and who's involved. It has everything to do with you cannot in a football game intentionally headbutt somebody and stay in the game. Duh. That's, duh, exactly. Like, duh. Who who argues that? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get and, it either. And no sport on earth is that acceptable. You can't even do that in the UFC. And for you everybody goes, oh, 2017, this happened, he wasn't kicked out. Well, he should have been kicked out then. Yeah. Like, I'm not defending. <laughs> like, it just... And I get it. It's a rivalry, and it's the Briders and the Bombers and all this. And but I, I, I promise you this: if Jeff Coat or Big Hill did this to the Rider quarterback, I would say the exact same thing. My first tweet would have been, "That is the dumbest move yeah. I've ever seen. Get him out of the game." You can't headbutt in the UFC. You can't headbutt in the UFC. <laughs> but apparently, it's the okay. Prob- the problem with this is, is what Calero said in his post game. I'm going to run some of that on my show. Yeah, yeah. Is it's what time are you going to play? It's that the at? CFL, and and that's the damaging thing. They look bush league. They look amateur that they didn't kick this guy out of the game, and it hurts the brand because in the NFL, if two guys get up and they're looking at each other, and one guy stiff arms a guy in the face mask after the play, he gets ejected for it with his hand. To Zach's point, 
this looks awful on the league that he didn't get ejected. Mm-hmm. It looks awful on the league that less than 24 hours after this happened, he's already been suspended and you didn't inject him from the game. Mm-hmm. And for the people that argue with me that he, he can keep playing and then get the suspension, just stop it. What do you think kids are doing while they're watching this game? And th- that's not why well, they play the well, game in the CFL. I, I know, but Jim, I think but most kids teaching, know. What, what are we teaching players? Most kids know you can't headbutt another player in football. It's just 99.9%. Take it all out of it. The CFL looks very, very bad. This happens in a high school game. The guy's ejected. Without doubt. Immediately. This happens in a U sport game or NCAA. The guy's ejected. Immediately. This happens in the NFL or less than that happens in the NFL and guys get ejected. It happens in the CFL. He gets a 15-yard penalty and gets to finish the game. <laughs> to Zach's point, it's ridiculous. It's he kept, How many times did he say CFL in his postgame yeah. in disparaging way? Yeah. And he's not wrong. He's right. What is why why is it so hard for them to kick guys out for this? 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Chris Harvey texts the show and says, What I don't get is obviously the refs didn't see it, but if Toronto has to tell them to call the penalty, why not also tell them that there needs to be an ejection? For sure they would have ejected him if they had seen it. I can't believe he got a flag for it and then they didn't kick him out. That's what I'm in disbelief about. Yeah. I'm in disbelief that whether it was the ref on the field or Toronto called in and said, hey, he viciously headbutted the quarterback after the play. We got to give him 15 yards. There then seems, why is he allowed to play? There seems to be, and again, this is just the way it looked to me, that it was a missed play because the flag was so late that there was, just like you, we were talking about before, that there was a comment made from the replay or Fair from the video. Enough. You Fair know what enough. I'm saying? But 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 that's, that's to the point of, like... You cannot, Cam, in my opinion, throw a flag on that play and not eject the guy. Well, I agree with you. Uh, this, I, I cannot believe that they threw the flag and didn't eject him. Yeah. This one from Ed. He says, this Saskatchewan guy should be gone for the year. This has to hurt the quarterback. CFL management to do the right thing, suspend him, and fine him thousands. Uh, if the CFL wants credibility, do the right thing. Also, the officials should be reprimanded. And I'm not, I don't want to speak for Mike O'Shea because he's going to have a show tonight yeah, at 7 on 680 but I'm inclined to believe the Mike O'Shea I know and how he's spoken about plays like that that his own players have done. He would have said there's no room in the game for that in the post game. I agree. He would have said there's no room in the game for that and he can't be doing that and we're going to address it. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, this one from Andre says, not acceptable against any player, not just a quarterback. Exactly. Any If a DB does that to a defensive lineman. Without a doubt. Linebacker does it to yep. an O-lineman. You can, <laughs> I can't believe this needs to be said again. You cannot turn around and headbutt a guy and get to play in the game. Uh, Gregory says it should have been a four-game suspension. Uh, this is one from Carl. Carl says, I was in Regina for the game. They didn't show the headbutt on the replay screen. I also heard this. Um, seems that they only show if he plays on their own team. That one was from Carl. Um, I'll tell you, if that was at the Banjo Bowl, that would have been played a lot of times. Uh, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Um, this is another thing we've seen a lot of, and we got a couple text messages. Your thoughts on the pass that was caught in the end zone, the two-point conversion in overtime. Did the ball touch the turf? Um, well, that's something that if the I, Bombers it, felt it did, they would have reviewed it. Yeah, I, I, I took a good look. To I, I watched it several times. The way I look at it was, is it a play that potentially could have been uh, changed over or, or reviewed and overturned? 
very low chance. Very, very low chance. I didn't think there was enough evidence um, in the video to to overturn it. That was my perspective on it. Did I see the ball uh, touching the turf? Absolutely. But does he still have control of the ball? Again, again, this is that's that that's why I don't think it was challenged. And we're doing this because we have instant replay and it's yes. slower and yep. all that. Yep. I just those are plays that I'm like, if the bombers feel it should have been, they should have. And not, but I'll I'll tell you this: I wasn't happy the bombers gave up the two single points just for field possession. Yep. Maybe the first one I could see it, but when you make it a three point game again. I have a real problem with that that late in the game, even if you're going to get the ball on the five-yard line or whatever. You want to know why I think they did it? It's well, field it's, position. You now it's field position, and the the return team and the cover team were not I, doing I get well. why they did it. Like, you're yeah. looking at a guy as his third start in the CFL as a starting quarterback with the Labor Day Classic on the line. I'll take the field position and make him drive the field. Yeah. The problem is, is he drove the field. It was the cover and return game. And so I, that's what's lost in this whole headbutt thing is I – when it comes down to it, did I think the game was was close? Yeah. Do I think it should have gone to overtime? For sure. Like, I mm-hmm. thought it was a hard-fought battle. Do I think the Riders played better than the Bombers? Yes, I do. I, I think I think the biggest reason why they lost the game, putting everything aside, was, uh, was special teams. And it field, was it, field it was, position. It was field kick, position. It was, it was the kick cover. return. It was the cover team. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I keep cutting you off. Yeah. Yeah. But no, but that's what it, that's, I, that was my that biggest was the difference yeah, in the game. That, the Bombers me, yeah. failed in kick coverage and they failed in kicking. Yeah. In field position. That's why I think they were more comfortable taking the point because there just was a sort of a loss of trust in those guys being able to get it done. That's that's the way I saw that. Well, that was my perspective. The way Mahar was, uh, or Lawler, sorry, the yeah. kicker was hitting things. I get it. Like if you go two and out from your ten yard line, they got to go twenty yards for him to have a chance to kick a field goal. Yeah. If you get it at your thirty, then of course two and out. Then he's got. They've got to make a couple plays, but they made plays. So, but that that's what I mean. This was another game cam that to me, the Bombers are their own worst enemies or their own biggest deterrent. They will win the Grey Cup if they play well and execute like they can. When they struggle, they can be beat. And I think that that's more evident than ever in the yeah. games against BC. And then they hammer BC um, and being down 22 nothing at Edmonton and then come back and win that game, mm-hmm. uh, pulling out that game in Calgary. And then the dominant ones where they just throttle teams, they are the key to their own success. Yes. If they play well and execute, and Zach Claris mentioned that in the post game too, but they need to play well and execute. And and I think they can win the great cup. If they don't, they can be beat. 100%. Um, did they use Brady enough? 17 carries, 88 yards. Yeah, I I, 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 I wouldn't like to see them run the, the ball a little bit more. is you're trailing, right? Like if it was a three-point game, I think they run it a little bit yeah, more. Yeah. If it once it gets to 10 and, and 17 or, or 13, you got to throw. Like you got to get some first downs. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he ran the ball 17 times, I think yes. you told me. Yeah. I, and I, and I Dembski think, got some, I, I think some if runs they, too. I think if the, the game's closer for the majority of the game, they run the ball more. And when they didn't, they didn't. But again, I, I like what Zach said. We didn't execute. You can't turn the ball over. You can't. I, I didn't like the way they were jumping routes. Like Houston jumped a couple routes and uh, didn't yeah. have to. And yeah. but that's the Labor Day, right? Like that's why three and thirteen teams win, or three and whatever te- three win teams win the Labor Day. Yeah, because you get good teams going into this, and then you get good players like Houston. Who I think is having a great year. Starts jumping plays as opposed to just making the tackle. Yeah, they want to make big plays. They want to. It's the Labor Day Classic. There's that added pressure to it, right? Or that added sensation of wanting to be a star in a big game like that. Yeah, I mean he's he's been playing absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, and and but there was a few plays where 
it was pretty obvious that he 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 jumped and he cheated his route. He was looking to make a pick six, and st- he said that coming into it. It was his birthday, and he wanted to yeah, make a pick six that's... and two interceptions. And then I got a little bit nervous because there's been some situations. There was a bat a ball he should have batted down earlier on in the year. Um, but instead he picked up the interception, right? And it would have been a better field position situation for the Bombers had he uh, had he had he batted that ball down instead of caught it. But um, anyway, I, yeah. again, but, but, but I, I is, thought that's what's yeah. lost in that is that I mean we can talk about the head button. It will be for for years and probably hours yeah. and years and tonight. But uh, I think the Bombers um, kind of. Well, they didn't play well enough. Yeah. You know what? It was a good football game, though, Jimmy. It was entertaining. It was really good. It well, was a and really it started out not, right? No. And then it turned into a Labor Day classic. It yeah. turned into a classic, the overtime and everything else. I mean, when they drove the field and got the touchdown and two points and then one play to Lawler. Oh. I mean, I'm lucky. Like, I expected them to have three or four plays to try and get into the end zone. And they just, boom, let's go to Lawler. That's right. That That's the one thing. When you ask me if they ran the ball enough, I thought they could. They got a, the last couple of weeks. And I get it because he's Lawler, right? Mm-hmm. Kalara said he's the best receiver in the CFL. I think they got to start using him more. They got to find a way. I mean, they've got so many, like Doan, Shone, Dembski, everybody. Rashid Bailey's good, all that. But I that stood out to me in the postgame, too, when asked about him and that play in the overtime. And Zach Clare said Lawler's the best receiver in the CFL. I, I think that maybe the gamemanship or the play calling of they know he's the best yeah. receiver. So we're going to go to our other. I think they need to like, if there was two games ago, I think in Calgary had two passes. If you have Kenny Lawler, you got to throw the ball to him five to seven times a game. In my mind. And you listen, lots of times he makes the catch 204-780-6868. We'll come back. We'll get more of your text messages. We'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Uh, 204-780-6868, final three minutes or show, so of the show. Dom texts the show. He says, our special teams are the worst in a long time, surprising in the O'Shea era. Yeah, like I was uh, saying to Jim there, I, I think that was the biggest uh, factor in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers um, losing that game was, uh, you know, the the, the cover and the return team. I'm, I'm 100% on that. Um this texture says, Alan says, uh, but I, I do yeah, believe that's why they yeah. took, gave up the singles. Like I didn't yeah. like that in a game that close, but I think Mike O'Shea would prefer to make it a field possession game without a doubt, knowing that the coverage hasn't been quite up to par mm-hmm. and no generian grant, right? Like, Oh God, man, it's, it's starting to hurt. I mean, I know Jamal Parker was in there and he was trying, but man alive, man, you're missing, you're missing uh, generian grant so much on that. Uh, it's it's just crazy. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Um, one thing too, Jim, is the Bombers got to find a way to start on time. They've been slow the last three or four weeks here. And it seemed like that short kick right off the bat, right off the opening kickoff, it seems like I they would say they probably what didn't, but it sort of set the tone and it took about 20, 25 minutes for the Bombers to really start to get some momentum going. I do I do think that this is catching up to the Bombers. And do I think they can win the Grey Cup? Yes. Would I run this crew back again this year? Of course I would. I think after this year, regardless of whether it results in a title or not, mm-hmm. I, I do think they have to look at some things. I, I think they have to look at the expense of this, um, who's firing on all cylinders still and who isn't. It fits right now, and it's working, and and I think there's bigger games to come. But I, I do think that look, it's been a four year run of dominance. Yeah. Other than the Grey Cup, 
And I, I think that, you know, we all talked about that. Like, what's the one thing you're concerned about with this roster on paper prior to the season? It was age. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, like, they're too old and slow, but I think they've they've slowed down. And and that's only natural mm-hmm. for players this old and, and this much experience. Does yeah. it mean they can't win the Grey Cup? Not at all. Mm-hmm. I have full faith that this team, like I said, if they execute and play hard, can do it. But I think going into next year, um, and why are we talking about that? I'm just saying, I, the games they've lost, the games they've struggled in, it's been execution and performance-based. Yeah, I, I I think you can look... Ex- They're not dominating the league again. The loss to BC, that was a... They just didn't show up to play. The one against Ottawa was a, was a gut-wrenching loss late. Um, and this one was a game where uh, the Bombers didn't play terrible by no stretch of the imagination, but they just fell short of a big game in a big environment uh, in Regina. That's what the that idea was. of them coming out and dominating four quarters and walking out with a win of 30 plus points week in week out. I think those days are over. I think they can win every game down mm-hmm. the stretch. I think it can be Toronto. I think they can beat any team in the league, but just like on Sunday, when you don't fire on all cylinders and execute to the potential they can, they have a chance to lose and they beat Calgary by one. They came back from 22 in Edmonton. That's not going to happen every week. It's professional football. And some teams like the riders on Sunday are going to catch you. Yeah. And, uh, this is leading up to one heck of a banjo bowl. I mean, there's so many storylines oh. going into it, man. This is going to be really exciting stuff. I think uh, some fans are hoping uh, Robertson comes to town, even though he can't play the coaches show <laughs> Robinson should stay within <laughs> the borders for, you know what they did him a favor by suspending him for one game. <laughs> DT and Michael Shea are going to be on the airwaves at seven o'clock for the blue bomber coaches show. Jim Toth, take you all the way till three o'clock. Thank you very much. Jeffrey Fort for producing the show. That's it for me. Back same time tomorrow. See him. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.